1: NY or text Hope NY in New York.
2: Hey, hey, hey! Big day around here at Dogs HQ and on Dog Walk Talk. As we record this on August the tenth, my colleague here, part uh, my my partner in crime at Dogs HQ. On the team beat side, Palmer Toms broke the news today that Georgia will allow recruits to attend the world's largest outdoor cocktail party in Jacksonville. Hasn't happened before, Palmer. I'll give you the floor, man. What's going on? What happened? And what can we expect to see in Jacksonville this season?
3: Partner in crime. What what crimes are we committing, Wes? The only crime is is folks not calling it the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. That is which a crime. You so rightly did. Um, but as it relates to the Georgia Florida matchup in Jacksonville, um, Georgia will host recruits in 2022 down at TIAA Bank. Field, Who even knows what it's uh, in, called anymore?
2: That, that that stadium has been called so many different things. I don't even know.
3: It it has gone quite a through through quite a few iterations of names, Uh, but Georgia will host recruits. That's what we do know. Uh, And and that is a change uh, from a precedent that had been set previously uh, by previous athletic directors. So um, here's the deal back in 2012, the sec allowed for uh, teams to teams in the conference to host recruits for non-conference and conference games uh, at off-campus at neutral sites. Georgia-Florida is the only game in the SEC, uh, is is one of several games um, played traditionally. Uh, Forgot there about Texas A&M and Arkansas playing at Jerry's World in Dallas every year. Uh, And and obviously when Oklahoma and Texas make their transition into the league, that'll add another uh, non-on-campus neutral site Uh, game into the mix as well. Um, So back in 2012, the SEC allowed for uh, teams to host recruits, um, give tickets to recruits for neutral site games. That's what I mean by host. When I say host, I don't mean the traditional sense of hosting uh, where players are allowed down on the field, coaches can talk to them. Uh, This is strictly limited to providing tickets. Uh, And it is also limited to just the home team. Uh, So when this rule went into place back in 2012, uh, Georgia Athletic Director Greg McGarity and Florida Athletic Director Jeremy Foley agreed, reportedly agreed, to not do so. Uh, They did not want to bring student-athletes into the mix, uh, potential student-athletes, prospective student-athletes into the mix uh, down in Jacksonville. Um, because there are NCAA rules that could be violated there uh, if off-campus contact were to be made. Um, well, obviously McGarity and Foley have both moved on from their positions. Uh, we've now got Josh Brooks at Georgia and Scott Strickland, not the Georgia baseball coach, coach uh, the Florida athletic director uh, down in Gainesville. And so Georgia being the designated home team for 2022 will exercise its right to host recruits in Jacksonville. Uh, again, no contact can be made between Kirby Smart, his staff, uh, and, and the recruits, uh, but they will be able to provide tickets for recruits and their families uh, to attend the world's largest outdoor cocktail party.
2: Uh, look, Kirby hasn't hid how he feels about this. He hasn't been shy about it. He, any, Anytime he's got an opportunity to talk about it, He's told people that he wants to move the game. He wants to make it a home and home so he can host recruits in the way that he thinks about hosting recruits, not just giving them tickets. Um, now the timeline is interesting. You, you mentioned uh, McGarity moving on, Foley moving on. This is the first home game uh, for Georgia under uh, Josh Brooks. So that timeline kind of checks out, but you know, people are saying this is a compromise, you know, Georgia and Kirby are, you know, they finally got their way here, but to me, it doesn't really feel like they they did. This feels more like a band aid, more like if anything, a baby step towards the inevitable. If Kirby can keep knocking on the door long enough, or maybe he just doesn't end up getting his way. Uh, But I I mean, if you're Kirby, it doesn't seem like this is ultimately the outcome that that you would have chosen.
3: No, this is not the ultimate outcome that he would have chosen. In an ideal world, uh, he'd be able to host recruits in Jacksonville. Uh, he'd be able to you know, have Georgia play Florida in Athens on occasion. Uh, but I, ultimately, I think in a perfect world, from a Georgia perspective, they'd be able to host recruits in Jacksonville and still play the game in Jacksonville, thus bringing in the money. Um, but because NCAA yeah, rules you know, prohibit Kirby- that...
2: Kirby's never said that, you know, and it's maybe because the NCAA rules don't allow it, but Kirby's never, in any public comments he's made about this, he's never said, well, let's just have it in Jacksonville and try to get the NCAA to change the rule. I mean, that, that doesn't well, even so seem like it's on the table or, or like he's even thought about it.
3: A couple years ago, it was on the table. Georgia, Greg McGarrity, and Kirby Smart brought it up to the conference uh, at sec spring meetings. Uh, but as, as smart pointed out to us, uh, the media, you know, who's going to support this outside of Georgia and Florida, you know, maybe Texas A&M and Arkansas, because that, that game comes to mind. Uh, you know, now you might have Oklahoma and Texas on board. Um, but you're not, you're not going to see Alabama and, and LSU hosting, uh, you know, recruits at a neutral site. They play all their games at, at, you know, on campuses. Um, at least their rivalry games. Um, you know they're not going to. Um, you know you're you're not going to get the support of those teams that wouldn't benefit from it. Um, you know, ultimately, they would understand the implications that it would have on them, and ultimately, it would probably help. It would benefit Georgia and Florida, and it would not benefit the rest
0: of the world.
2: Yeah, I mean the way that college football is headed with conference expansion. Everything that comes with that, right? Uh, NIL, more rights for the players, more freedoms for the players. I just don't see how we're headed anywhere but in a few years, Kirby getting his way, and maybe not because he's the one that that banged on the drums so loud, but you know, with the NCAA and its power, I don't I don't know if it's diminishing, but there does seem to be some sort of momentum for the SEC and the Big Ten and whoever else to want to do their own thing. And if that does happen, you know, I don't know if it's going to, but if it does, the NCAA rule about not hosting recruits isn't really going to matter anymore. Um, But everything's changing so rapidly in this sport, in this game. Like, nothing's changed in in a couple weeks, and it feels like it's been 10 years compared to how quickly – college football evolved over this past summer and over this past year. So there's no telling, you know, where this rule is headed, where any of this is headed, but for now it is something. It's something. It's something for the South Georgia football players. And Kirby knows about that. He was one of them. You know, he was a kid that probably wanted to go see Georgia, Florida uh, on Georgia's dime or on Florida's dime. Um, And now these, those kids get to do it. Their families get to go do it. Uh, but they don't get to talk to Kirby. They don't get to hear Kirby say, hey, see that picture of Trayvon Walker right there? Jacksonville Jaguars number one overall draft pick. I coached him. You know, like that kind of stuff doesn't get to happen. So I don't know what the ultimate outcome of this is. I just know Kirby probably just feels like, okay, cool. We get to have some guys watch the game. But I wish I could talk to him.
3: Yeah, and and I'll reiterate this as as we kind of wrap up our thoughts on it. Um, You know, Georgia has hosted, uh, you know, given, provided tickets to recruits for off-campus events before. Uh, You know, think back to the Georgia-Clemson game this past year. Uh, Neutral site in Charlotte. Both schools were able to provide tickets to their prospective student-athletes because that is a non-traditional neutral site game. Uh, you know, Alabama and Miami did it this past year as well in Atlanta. Uh, Georgia and Oregon are, are playing in Atlanta, and there's a good possibility that that's going to happen there. Um, but because this is a traditional neutral site game, Georgia-Florida in Jacksonville for the foreseeable future, Oklahoma-Texas in, in at the Cotton Bowl, uh, you know, other neutral site games that, that we've brought up here, Traditional rivalry games that are held at neutral site fields. The designated home team gets to provide the tickets. Not both teams every year, but both teams will have the ability to do so. Now, Georgia has chosen to do it starting in 2022. Whether Florida follows suit in 2023, we'll have to wait and see. I would imagine that they probably will because Kirby Smart Josh Brooks have forced the hand of Billy Napier, who may be in agreement with Kirby Smart here. I mean, they come from the same coaching tree uh, under Nick Saban. Um, You know, he may be in agreement here, and he may not be all too upset about Georgia forcing Scott Strickland's hand. Uh, But I would be very surprised, shocked probably, if Florida did not follow suit in 2023. But what we do know here is that Georgia will have recruits in Jacksonville
2: in 2022. Uh, Palmer, we saw one practice already this week. Um, by the time uh, some people hear this, you will have already seen two practices this week, but uh, we did get to hear from Will Muschamp and Glenn Schumann in our annual uh, hear from the coordinators uh, covering Georgia. We hear from the offensive and defensive coordinators, and in this case, co-defensive coordinators, at the start of fall camp. And then we hear from him again around bowl season. Um, but we both wrote a good amount on what we heard from Must and Schumann. Um, just, you know, curious as to your thoughts. What were your big takeaways on actually getting to hear from Boom and uh, getting to hear from the up-and-coming star on the Georgia defensive staff, Glenn Schumann?
3: yeah I mean you, you, you point out the similarities and the differences between the two of them They share that title, but they really are coming at it from two different trajectories in their careers. Um, you know Muschamp coming down from having been a uh, head coach you know at South Carolina and at Florida uh, you know he's been a defensive coordinator before um, he, he's won national championships as a defensive coordinator. Um, meanwhile Schumann rising up the coaching ranks. Uh, you know, was a graduate assistant at Alabama, came over to Georgia with Kirby Smart, has been that inside linebackers coach, uh, and, and now he's going to have a lot more control. Um, so that that stood out to me, but really just listening to the two of them, they feel very comfortable working together, uh, you know, and that's very important. If you're going to share that co- Coordinator title—you have to be comfortable uh, working together. You know, I wrote—you know—the the old saying is if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Does that apply to coordinators? It, it doesn't sound like it, uh, at least from you know what Schumann and Muschamp had to say. Uh, we'll see how things play out during the season. But you know, the, as Schumann pointed out, even going back to last year, you know, and years before, where Georgia has had one defensive coordinator, whether that was Dan Lanning or Mel Tucker. Uh, you know, Kirby Smart is, you know, certainly involved in the defensive game planning. Uh, it is a it is a group effort. They make it a group effort. Uh, you know, we heard Louis Seen refer to that group as the masterminds this past year. Uh, and, and that really says a lot. that There's a lot of guys involved in the defensive game planning week in and week out. It's not just the person that, you know, calls the plays on Saturdays. Um, and and so, you know, that's not going to change here with, with co-coordinators. Uh, you know, it's not a huge change to have multiple guys having a voice in, in what happens defensively, uh, you know, how you want to approach things when you want to blitz, when you want to drop back in coverage, how you want to play those coverages. Um, you know, personnel matters. Um, you know, it, it is not going to be a huge change in terms of what they do. Um, and then listening to Muschamp specifically, um, first time that we've gotten to hear from him since he came back to Georgia. Um, you know, helped the team in their bowl prep before the 2021 Chick Fil A Peach Bowl played on January 1st there, uh, Georgia and Cincinnati that year during the COVID season. He had just been fired at South Carolina, uh, and and ultimately came on staff at Georgia officially uh, that February of 2021 before the 2021 season that Georgia went on to win the national championship. Uh, but he came in and he helped before, uh, he was officially on staff, uh, you know, was in an advisory role, was hired as an analyst, uh, but ultimately was thrust onto the field after Scott Cochran situation, um, and, and him having to step away from the team for a little while. Muschamp was ready for that. Uh, you know, and, and he said, you know, his approach to it was that, In every step of the way, whether he was an analyst, whether he was an on-field coach, whether he's been a coordinator, whether he's been a head coach, he wants to do his best in the role that he has in the organization. Uh, And so that says a lot about the maturity of a guy like him. Um, You know, to to be able to take a step back, you know, know, as we talked about, Wes – Uh, You know, I'm sure it's an interesting dynamic between Will Muschamp and Kirby Smart. Muschamp used to be his boss, used to be the one, you know, overseeing him. And now Kirby Smart is the one overseeing Muschamp. Um, So I'm sure that's an interesting dynamic. But, uh, you know, from the way that Will presented it to us, uh, you know, he he feels very comfortable in that. And, And as he said, he feels like he has the best job in America because he gets to work with a coach that he's, like-minded with, uh, you know, a staff that is very, you know, good and its all-around efforts to work together, uh, and and ultimately he's working with players that are incredibly fun to work with, incredibly talented, uh, and and play really good football. So, um, you know, that was interesting to hear from the two of them. Um, Obviously, they had a lot to say about specific players, and, and we'll get to that over the course of the next week or so here on Dogs HQ. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it was very important to hear, um, you know, it was, it was interesting because we didn't know who we were going to talk to, um, you know, not if if it was just going to be offense or defense, but, you know, within the defense alone, it was interesting because we didn't know that we were going to talk to both Schumann and Muschamp. And, And the fact that we did, the fact that they said what they said about working together, uh, really says a lot to me.
2: Yeah. Uh, speaking of players, I really like what, uh, Coach Boom had to say about Dan Jackson. Someone asked uh, about Dan's impact on the team and must champ back. You know, he's the second best walk on safety to ever play at the University of Georgia. I'll let you figure out who number one was. Um, and I'm still trying to figure out who he's talking about. Uh, Palmer, any other uh, thoughts from practice as we uh, wrap up for this break?
3: No, I mean, Georgia is now, uh, as we're recording this on Wednesday, August 10th, um, you know, Georgia's taken a little bit of a break. They've got their first day off. They went six days straight and they were in full pads yesterday when we saw them on Tuesday. Um, physical practice, competitive practice, just the way Kirby Smart wants it. And I'm sure... Uh, you know, as y'all are listening to this later this week, uh, you know, the Bulldogs are going to be taking the field at Sanford Stadium for the first time uh, this fall for their first scrimmage of the fall. Um, I'm sure that's going to be a very competitive atmosphere, too. Um, you know, with, with so many positions up for grabs, so many, you know, roles that you've got to fill, uh, competition is exactly what you want, and that's exactly what Georgia has.
2: All right. And uh, coming up after this, we will hear from Aaron Murray, a uh, former Florida. High school prospect himself, who knows a lot about the Georgia-Florida game, uh, got his thoughts on what it means for a recruit to even be able to go see the game. We know it's not what Kirby wants, ultimately, but what do the recruits want? What do they want to see? Are they excited? we hear from Murray, the greatest quarterback in SEC history and a damn good dog right after this.
4: Well,
2: let's not waste any time congratulating our guest today, Aaron Murray. Uh, Aaron, I reached out to you yesterday to set up this convo. Had no idea you just landed the ESPN gig, man. Congrats! Uh, let everybody know, you know, what your assignments are going to be. What you know, obviously, you're in an analyst role, but what are you uh, excited about this season?
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, I, I was very fortunate uh, the past five years to work with CBS, and it's been awesome working with them. Uh, but obviously, being an SEC guy, I'm really excited to get back to covering more SEC games. And funny enough, my first game of the season is the Auburn Tigers. Uh, so that's uh, going to be a fun first assignment, getting there and, and covering them versus Mercer. But it's 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 going to be a lot of fun all year. Really, really excited about the opportunity. Have some more news coming out next week about some other uh, activities in the space. Oh, okay, a little tease. All right. Yeah, a little tease.
2: Uh, well, exciting stuff, man. Uh, you have definitely deserved it. You've been working hard doing this media thing, and uh, it's a crazy industry. Obviously, with so many things to pay attention to these days, uh, but I can't wait to watch you. And going back to Auburn, I know, uh, gosh, dude, I was at that game when you know, Nick Fairley beat you up down there, and I hope you're going to be all right. I mean, there's a lot of flashbacks walking back into that place.
4: A lot of flashbacks. Uh, lucky for me, I covered actually the, the Georgia versus Auburn game last year. So I got it out of my system, and uh, yeah, I feel I feel a little bit safer going to Jordan Air and, and, and being up in the booth compared to on the field down there. But uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. This new adjustment. The one thing I got to do is I got to get some more suits. You know, the, the <laughs> CBS. I always just got to essentially keep that CBS blazer in my suitcase all yeah. year long. Didn't did I? Literally did not take it out. I would just you know change out shirt and tie. That was pretty much it. But now, ESPN, I got to get a little bit more fancier with the, the full suit, especially when I go in there uh, to Bristol or Charlotte for studio time.
2: Yeah, let, let Wardrobe worry about that. Um, so, so I originally reached out to you because of this news um, about Georgia opting in to host recruits at Georgia, Florida this season. And, you know, they actually got the green light to do that when you were in school, but Greg McGarity in Florida agreed not to do it. Uh, And look, it's not hosting recruits in the traditional sense. We've covered that ad nauseum, but Georgia is at least going to give guys tickets. The home team's going to do it. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma do the same thing at their neutral site game. You being a Florida high school guy, okay, what was it like to be recruited by Georgia and Florida when you could not actually go see their game, go see them go toe-to-toe as a recruit in the traditional sense, how much did that matter to you?
4: Uh, It didn't really matter. I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to be able to go to the games that you want to essentially go to. And and, and luckily enough, obviously, being in the SEC for both these schools, there's plenty of great home games. George always has great home games. Florida always has great home games. And I would think as a recruit, you're more excited about getting on campus, about getting in the home stadium, about – Uh, seeing the facilities, about what the life is like before the game, especially after the game, the excitement of going out, uh, you know, especially if it's a a win. So, um, you know, to me as a recruit, would I have wanted to go to Georgia versus Florida there in Jacksonville? Yeah, probably. But for me, I probably still would prefer to go to a game that is actually on campus, in your home stadium, getting a better feel of exactly what it's going to be like to be a football player at that university.
2: Yeah. I mean, I've, I've written about this. I've spoken about it. I mean, Kirby has been banging the drum pretty loudly about wanting that to go home and home. And, you know, it's not just about, well, Hey, if I could recruit guys full bore in Jacksonville, let's do it. You know, I think we've kind of revisited that a little bit and looked back on some of Kirby's older comments. He wants the guys on campus because, mm-hmm of everything you just said. So I know you're walking a delicate line here. You've had a great career playing in Jacksonville. Um, one of the best that a Georgia quarterback could have. Right. But I mean, some part of you has to identify with what Kirby is putting out there, right?
4: Oh yeah. I mean, listen, you look at Georgia right now, the obviously we know Georgia has a lot going for them, you know, especially after a national championship, incredible facilities. I would say some of the best facilities in the country, the campus is immaculate. It's beautiful. Downtown is some of the most fun you'll have across the country, too, for, for pre and post activities. So, yeah, anytime you get a kid on campus to, to see it, to feel it, to be a part of it, that's that's priority one. So I, I completely get where Kirby's going. And, and honestly, I would not be uh, sad by any means if the game it does get to a point where it is you know, in Gainesville one year, in Athens the next, and back and forth, back and forth. As a player, though, I will say being there in Jacksonville, running out of the tunnel, 50-50 divide, the atmosphere in the stadium, it's, it's unlike anything else in the country. I mean, Texas, Oklahoma obviously has a very similar feel in, in that rivalry game, and it, it's tremendous. You ask those kids the same thing. The, what does it mean to play in a neutral site? What does it mean to look up in the stadium and see that divide, to have the energy going nonstop for, for 60 minutes? And they're like, man, we wouldn't trade that at all. And as a player there's something to be said about being in that type of environment, the uniqueness of it and and those are some of the most I would say most special games. And and I'm not saying that I wouldn't have enjoyed the game as much if it was in Athens or in Gainesville. It would have been awesome. You know, I'm a kid that I grew up going to games in the swamp, just being an hour and a half away from Gainesville, but it's just that different vibe, that different feel driving over the, you know, you know, driving over the bridge and seeing all the red and black and all the orange and blue it's It's special, and I do think that that's what makes this game so unique and, and and kind of puts it on a different level
2: yeah, it's tough. It's like if there was a real compromise, it would be you know maybe go to Jacksonville every now and then go to Athens every now and then go to Gainesville every now and then. but it just seems like there's too many moving parts uh to make yeah. that happen behind the scenes, but we'll see i mean i just I don't see Kirby slowing down on uh on this push anytime soon. Uh, last one for you. We spoke earlier in the summer about you know, the tight end specifically and you know, Stetson Bennett, his leadership and everything. What did you think about his, uh, his buzz cut?
4: <laughs> I, I, I went and got me the Stetson buzz cut. I, mean, <laughs> I remember you,
2: uh, you, you did the fade in school one of, the, one of those years, if I remember correctly.
4: Yeah, listen, it, it's football time, time to shave the hair off, time to get – listen, no one wants long – Hair, especially you know Setson's little fro, <laughs> when it's ninety five hundred degrees, and you got to put a helmet on for three four hours a day. It's just it's it's not ideal. So uh, I, I love it. Man's focus He's determined. I always say this about Setson. He is the biggest chip on his shoulder at all times. Uh, the kid means business, and I know he's out there working his tail off right now in camp.
2: Um, last one for you. Just as we actually are looking at a real season. I mean, we're we're talking about real games. We're inside of a month right now. You know, as we've. You know, gotten to learn a little bit more about Georgia through practice, through camp, uh, SEC media days, all that stuff. What are you seeing? You know, in the dogs specifically, but also you know, kind of how they fit into this SEC schedule. People keep saying that it seems like an an easy schedule for them, but you know, it's the SEC. Can't be that easy, right?
4: Well, the East is better than it was last year, and and I think you look at the SEC the past couple of years. You're like, man, the West has been. Obviously very dominant, you know, Alabama and then LSU had its run a couple of years ago. I do think LSU will be better with Brian Kelly, A&M, and, and what Jimbo is building there. You know that's going to be a good team. Obviously the additions of Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, uh, Mike Leach at Mississippi State. The West, is, the West is very, very good. It is a tough conference to get through. Our boy Sam Pittman at Arkansas has been absolutely tremendous. You know, nine wins last year for the Razorbacks. Uh, so everyone's like, man, the East is down, and it has been. But I look at the East this year and I look at the coaches, I look at the talent and I see what they did last season and, and obviously what's back, especially at the quarterback position. And I'm like, man, the East is going to be pretty good. And, you know, Kentucky has been extremely consistent. What Stoops has built there uh, is great. They got a great quarterback and Will Levis coming back. Uh, I think the kid does have the, the the chance to be a potential first round quarterback next year. They're going to be good. I think Tennessee does take a step forward this year. I'm really impressed with what Hendon Hooker uh, you know did last year. He's got some talent around him, guys like Cedric Tillman. Uh, defense, they've improved on depth on that side. Tennessee will be better. South Carolina, uh, I think they're going to be an improved football team. They're going to have to be. You know, Last year with all the issues, they had a quarterback spot. Uh, they got a quarterback now. So from top to bottom, I think the East is going to be a little bit more competitive. Georgia's still – more talented um so i think advantage to them i do think they'll be representing the east uh in the sec championship game at the end of the day but it will be a little bit tougher of a road for them to get back there without you know essentially a blemish on that schedule but i anticipate georgie looking at the schedule being 11 and 0 being 12 and 0 or excuse me 11 and 1 or 12 and 0 heading into that matchup most likely versus alabama in atlanta
2: yep uh That all checks out on my end as well. Aaron, thank you so much for uh, chatting, my man. Best of luck. Can't wait to hear what the the new news is. Next week, you're building some impressive momentum going into the season, my man. Let's do it again soon. I appreciate it. Yep. Go dogs. See ya. We have the full interviews, uh, press conferences with Glenn Schumann and Will Muschamp up at the Dogs HQ YouTube channel. And since we recorded this, Todd Munkin, Georgia's offensive coordinator, and running backs coach, Del McGee. Palmer's written extensively about it. Uh, You definitely want to read his coverage and breakdown of the Georgia-Florida recruiting situation. And uh, I did a little bit of translation of what Glenn Schumann and Will Muschamp were really saying in their press conferences as well over at Dogs HQ. Yep, did that for Munkin and McGee also. Uh, Got a $1 for one month deal going on as fall camp starts out and that is running up uh soon. Uh it's only a week long deal and I think there are just a few days left on that. So check that out. Uh ten dollars for a year as well. I mean those, those prices are insane and we are only getting busier as the season goes along here. Um so don't miss that. Uh follow Palmer Tom's on Twitter for more news like he had today with the Georgia Florida game. Uh, a lot more where that came from. And uh, just always appreciate y'all listening and always appreciate your time, Palmer.
0: Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook.